Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Ultimate Fictional Character Podcast. I'm Matt Acevedo, joined as always by my amazing co-host, Christian Humes. Hello. And Emily Rose Jacobson. Yeehaw. You guys, we are back for another division, brand new division of season three, division two, episode one. We have a whole nother round of, of characters to get through to see who will make it to, over to the finals. Um, I, I'm excited. That last one was a doozy. That last division was was pretty intense. It was, but the more I slept on it and the more I kept thinking about it, and as much as I love Mario, I think we chose right. I think we chose right. I think we chose right, too. Yeah. Yeah, but we are here for a new challenge, new starts. We got a big old match for y'all today. Do we have any house housekeeping to get through, or should we just get into this? No, I think we just we get right into it, because whoever I mean, whoever wins this division goes on to Snoopy in the quarterfinal, so we're, we're here to pick one of our first final four to fight for that. Sweet. Well, then let's get into our first matchup, guys. Uh, first up, we have this person. This person was trying to save his mom with his older brother and with a spell that went wrong that almost cost him his life. His older brother sacrifices his arm to uh, to make sure that his soul stays intact and puts his, puts his brother's soul into the body of armor. And that is Alphonse Elric from Full Metal Alchemist. Versus, you know her as... Some would say she is uh, she is the reason that Voldemort gets defeated. She is the brains of the operation. She is the one person who, who actually makes spew and does something about it. Uh, I'm talking about Hermione Granger. Let's do this. What I love about the bucket is how often we get matchups that are similar. And once again, here we are. We have two like magical spellcasting people. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, that are that have huge, huge, brilliant hearts. Uh huh. And also, like the Horcruxes and Voldemort is so much like the homunculus in <laughs> Full Metal Alchemist. I do want to just say for our listeners out there, because since since we do such a wide range of characters, I do feel like as big of an audience as anime is, it's also the least still, at least in America, it's not like. I mean, today it is with modern anime, it's just as popular, but there's still probably a lot of people that aren't aware. So Full Metal Alchemist is a anime which is about alchemy, but instead of just turning like lead into gold, you use summoning circles and spells to sort of like it's mostly about like transmuting. So it's like changing materials into different shapes. The laws um, of equivalent exchange. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and he broke them, which is sort of his whole story. Like this, this, this child's whole story is basically because he loses his mom, and he and his older brother try to bring their mom back, and they put like the elements of a human body into the summoning circle, but that's not a soul, and so his soul is and his body is torn away, but his brother sort of tethers it to that suit of armor. Mm-hmm. And he was—they were super young when that happened. They, uh, he, um. Yeah, they were sick. I think Alphonse Al is uh, six when they do that. Yeah, he was then, just a kid. Yeah, and now he they're in, you know in the series they're like fourteen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So he was just a kid when he tried to do that to save his mom. Yes. Mm-hmm. And which I mean, both of their stories. Hermione is also ten years old essentially when her story starts, um, and she she also has like a you know an interesting story because she comes from a non magical family and has entered the magical realm. Um, so like they're both kind of outsiders because he is, he is this sort of abomination as yeah. a lot of people look at. And there are a lot of people in the magical world that think her being 
like a, I guess a mud blood mud because blood. she came from Muggles. She's kind of considered an. So they both kind of have these similar. Yeah, very themes. much like outsider kind of the people. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't Alphonse always really like the smarter of the two? Like Ed was really good, um, like with his physical manipulation of things. Like he was really good at like uh, improvising. But I think Alphonse was actually like very good. From Alphonse a was definitely standpoint. the brains and the heart. Absolutely, yeah. heart, 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 heart entirely. Yeah, even though his body was the brawn, like he he physically looks like the brawn, but that actually wasn't who he was. Yeah, which is which kind I love of what's that. I love that kind of characteristic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a big yeah. old softy. He's a nice guy, you know, willing to sacrifice himself for anyone. And he doesn't. What I love about it too is that uh, he doesn't feel pain. Uh, he doesn't. He hasn't. He hasn't. Doesn't have the ability to feel with the seal on him. So he's just like thinking about how this kid kind of lost all sense of kind of you know, um, you know feeling or well, not feeling, but like um, I'm, why am I blanking on this There's word? No like, emotion. Touch. No. Jeez. Oh my Jeez. touch! You couldn't remember the word touch. Like there's yeah, like like missing that. Guys, it's been a long day. Missing like missing that feeling, like not being able to feel someone else is gotta be like for a kid, it's gotta be like crazy. Yeah, you know? or smell, taste. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, uh, I think senses. I think Alphonse- that was the word. His senses. senses. <laughs> oh my god, we got there. Alphonse is definitely a character who could have easily become really really bitter. Could have easily become evil. Could have could have fallen into these these very dark depths or just maybe not wanted to do anything at all. Yeah. But because he loves his brother and because of his, how good natured he is, he continues to thrive and wants to help others. Yeah. Now what's interesting to me is Alphonse is in many ways, the secret main character of the show, because most of the story is actually about Ed trying to undo the mistake he did, trying to bring their mom back and then restore Alphonse's body. Mm-hmm. Whereas Hermione yeah. really is the side character. She is the support structure to Harry Potter and Ron. Like, I mean, they're sort of a trio of protagonists in many ways. Um, but like at the end of the day, like all of a sudden, obviously in the last book, once you find out like all of the things with the Horcrux, it's like, okay, well, it still was like the 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 thing that forced all this to happen was Harry Potter and Voldemort, their connection. But Hermione was very much the protagonist. But Alphonse actually was like the thing that Ed was going for the whole time was to restore his body. I guess. But I mean, in the end, it's Ed himself. It's it's not Alphonse. It's Ed alone who has to kind of redeem and restore everything. If I'm if I'm remembering him being by the door by himself. Yeah. Well, in, what, I, I forget if that was Brotherhood or I forget if that was the main series. It's kind of in both. But okay. But either way, like what I'm saying, in both series, the goal, though, was like to restore his body. Like that's totally, that was yeah. the thing that like kept pushing everything forward, whereas Hermione was kind of along for this ride that she chose to be a part of. But like she like Hermione could have easily not returned to Hogwarts and just like left this story. But I would say Alphonse Hermione... couldn't pull himself out of the story. Like there was no way for Alphonse to not be a part of the story in a way. Hermione may be the brains, but she is also the most badass out of the two. Oh, Ron absolutely. and Harry can go fall in a hole, and I love them to death, but, like, ho- holy cow. Hermione, yeah. not only does she get tortured in, like, the final book, 
by Bellatrix Lestrange and she just kind of brushes it off. Like she takes it and she keeps fighting no matter what. Nothing scares her. She punches Malfoy in the face. Uh, she she uses a time turner so she can take more classes at the same time to better and she feels herself. Like, yeah, which yeah. is awesome because she also feels like she needs to, you know, f- for like her, like that she needs to like work harder than anyone else because people label her as something you know because because uh, as a mudblood so she needs to feel like it's like she has to excel and work harder than anyone else to to kind of claim her peace yeah you know what's what's also interesting to me is there's a big difference actually between these two characters in certain things which is alphonse and ed essentially broke a very important law and maybe they didn't have the gravity at their young age to understand what they what they were doing um but it was like in spite of knowing this was bad, you know, yeah. and that this could be harmful to them or the rest of the world. Whereas with Hermione, she actually gives up her parents. She erases her memory of them. Like, like she ta- she's like, oh, I yeah. want to have my parents so bad, but it's actually like not the right thing to do. And I'm going to have to, for their safety and for the safety of the world, I have to lose my parents. And she gives them up instead yeah. of, you know it's a very selfless thing for her to do um as opposed to the selfless actions that kind of caused now that that's not necessarily representative of alphonse whole arc like he completely changes and it's willing to sacrifice him many times like over over the course of it but uh i do think it's interesting in the in in that sort of i think alphonse his selflessness later he's he sort of already lost his self you know it's mm-hmm. easier for him to be like ed you're still alive like Whereas, like, it all started out by that selfish action. I think that's a big point for Hermione, personally. Oh, 100%, yes. I am... This is hard. This is hard, because there's these are two great characters. They're two very good characters. Mm, let's throw some scenarios. Okay. I'm feeling some scenarios. That's, you, do you have any on the top of your head, or you, or you want one coming your way? Uh, let's improvise. I'll throw some at you guys. Okay. Okay. Real fast, just off the top of my head. You're stranded in your. You're stranded at LAX. Who do you want to come pick you up? Hermione. Oh, Hermione. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah there's, Hermione. there's a large variety of reasons here. First of all, I'm not gonna be walking around with some dude in suit and armor. No. Nah. Second of all, as a child, I don't want him driving a car. <laughs> yeah. Third of all, she's gonna be the only one that knows how to operate a vehicle. Like, there's there's a, there's a whole lot happening here. That okay. There's no points on the board Ooh. for for him going in that scenario. <laughs> Who would you want to uh, grab a butterbeer with? Weirdly, I might actually say... No, Hermione. Alphonse can't taste it. He's... Oh. Oh. He can still still chat and hang out with you, but... (laughs) Also, he's underage. I don't know if that matters. He's also underage. I mean, let's take... We can take age out. We got to take age out of this. That's true. That's true. Well, we just go with, like, younger Hermione, you know? I mean, quite frankly, outside of the, like, last book, she's still, like... 16 at the oldest yeah she's like they're both kind of yeah they both party in the same age range yeah all right okay okay who would you who would you much rather have as your secret santa so the person getting you a gift i i'm still that's tough this is just making me realize that hermione granger is an incredibly thoughtful selfless person she's so good she gets harry a present because you know and because and like she's just so like giving and so incredible like yeah Ah. And she has faults, but she's not afraid to like admit them. 
Like she owns she, it. She owns, she owns it, dude. it. Yeah. And she ultimately like she the whole like Victor Crumb arc in Goblet of Fire. Like she's still trying to help Harry, but also Victor like Victor Crumb is interested in her, and then she's trying to to play with that. But also she knows that Ron likes her, and ultimately, end she's just kind of like you know what? Yeah, I'm not going to string this guy along for any kind of jealousy's sake. I'm just not into this guy. Now, yeah. I do I do want to say in Alphonse's defense and I still I'm I'm still currently on I'm on team Hermione, but I I want to say in Alphonse's defense, this kid goes through a lot and he has to handle and deal with a lot. And some of the things that happen like with the girl who gets turned into a dog, the chimera. Oh god. Oh yeah. Like he deals with a lot of adult things and this is after already sort of losing his self, like losing the id and then he has to kind of like regain like emotion and connections to people and things. Um like he still like stumbles through and makes mistakes and that's just because he's a child and i think i think ultimately like it's hard for him to be an ultimate fictional character because he is too unrelatable because of his age and his circumstance and although it's like a really interesting story i don't think he could actually be uh like an ultimate character because in some ways like the best alphonse is probably the final alphonse where the show ends but you don't really get any of that like, it's when he's, like, grown up now, and he's going to go on his own adventure, and he's got his body back, but, like, we don't actually get to see any of it. Yeah. Whereas, I totally agree. been good day one. Like Day one. Day Girl one. Girl leaves an impression. Yeah. She's and she's great flawed. in my book. Like, she's, she's also incredibly, like, has plenty of flaws, which is what makes her a good character. Because it, she's relatable, you know? And a lot yeah. of Alphonse's flaws are, are just too unrealistic. Like, they're just hard. You can't empathize with it, a lot of it. You you can on, like, a metaphorical sense, but yeah. not in, like, a, oh, I've been through that. <laughs> yeah. So I feel good about this one already. I, I feel pretty... I'm ready to call this one. What about yeah. you guys? Same. Same. Yeah. Do you, uh, well, well, looks like 10 points to Gryffindor. Hermione Granger is moving on, and Alphonse... Will remain in this body forever. Oh, <laughs> I was gonna make some kind of an equivalent exchange joke, but no matter what, it's it's a little sad for Alphonse. It's, like, it's a little oh, sad. I want him to lose, but he uh, all right. Next, that's up. exciting. Next up, we have uh, we have two interest. This is an interesting matchup. This is kind yeah. of a weird one. Um, we have from Jackie Chan Adventures, the animated series based on Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan. The archaeologist, the archaeologist, yep. uh, uh, um, uh, what's the shop, uh, shop owner, right? Yep. Uh, and crime fighter, skill yep. martial artist, and wielder of talisman, yes, and fighting secret organizations and working with like the equivalent of shield. This yep. is Jackie Chan, he's great. Jackie Chan, Christian, why don't you introduce the next one? Because uh, uh, the next one, I think, is the dark horse of today's episode, who I honestly and secretly think is going to give every character here the toughest run for their money. He is one of the most interesting and dynamic characters I've seen in all of comedy television. He is a young man who starts out as kind of a goofball and has one of the best and most interesting, I think, real to life relationships I've ever seen in a TV show and uh, ultimately like rises like two challenges but like through uh through through obstacles and i'm talking about christopher turk of the hit sitcom scrubs played by I donald Faison. i never i never watched scrubs that's great then you can ask good what? questions then you can i'm ask so i never watched questions. scrubs I, 
I haven't know. seen Scrubs all the way through. I've seen like I probably have seen a good amount of episodes on rerun. Yeah, I highly recommend it. Um, obviously, like all older sitcoms, there's a lot of things that maybe like you're like, oh, you wouldn't you wouldn't make those jokes anymore. Um, <laughs> which most of it, I'd say, like, and uh, what's interesting is so right now, actually, Don Faison and Zach Braff are doing a podcast, a rewatch of Scrubs, and it's uh. I need to listen to it's, that. Yeah, it's really good. So that's, like, I think a really good way to do it, especially because, like, Zach later on ends up um, directing a, a bunch of the episodes and stuff, too, which were really good. But so his relationship with JD on that show was one of the best things. Um, so it's interesting. There's, like, a weird double-edged sword with that show because I'll say the thing, and I just feel like it's worth mentioning. The biggest criticism of that show would be that there's, like, a lot of, like, gay jokes, which, like, are clearly, like, kind of, like, homophobic and just, like, of a time. Zach Braff is probably one of the most um, sensitive main characters for like a male TV show, and so was Chris Turk, his best friend. And it was like one of the oh yeah one of like the healthiest like male friendship relationships I've ever seen on television. Where it was like, it's great. Yeah, they have such a sweet personal physical bromance that wasn't like. Yeah, it was just so pure. And, like, this is how two men can have a very close relationship. And it's not weird. It's not quote-unquote gay. There's nothing about it. It is two men having a very close friendship that they can be honest with each other and, and be close with one another in multiple ways. And it, it's it's really well done and incredibly believable. And I think it was, like, a, it, it was sort of groundbreaking, um, especially because, like, you know, he was an African-American character and, and Zach was like the white guy. And like, he very much played like Zach Raff very much played like a dopey white guy, but they didn't do a ton of stereotypical stuff with Chris Turk's character, which like sitcoms would traditionally end up doing with a lot of black characters. And in fact, they made him like pretty much the most successful character from beginning to end of the three main between um, JD Turk and uh, Elliot. He actually ends up becoming the chief of surgery at the hospital by the time the series is done so like he ends up going from a resident to chief of surgery he ends up like meeting this nurse and like dating around a little bit and then eventually like getting married having children having this like healthy relationship and you see that's not without its ups and downs it's not like no he they ride it and they don't give up he he changes he becomes better he learns like he is such a fantastic character and that's why i think he's the dark horse here because and we'll, we'll come back to him but I wanted. I felt like he needed a stronger intro since neither you uh, have seen the show all the way through, and Matt, you haven't really seen it at all. So I wanted to give him a little more time since we were all at least aware of Jackie Chan. Um, but there's very few characters I think that feel like as real as him out there. Like that he just feels like a real person, uh, and I think that is going to be a hard thing for him to to lose against. Speaking of someone that's real, let's talk about Jackie Chan Adventures because I freaking love this show. I was obsessed with it, dude. I watched it every day. Great. Yeah, I looked forward to the new episodes. I loved it. Like, it, I I love how every season evolved. You know, I loved. Uh, it started off with the dark hand and the uh, is it Shenru the the dragon uh, that needed all the talismans to become alive. Yeah, right. And then it Shen-Doo. went to like Shenmu. Shendu. Shendu. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, it was very I, like Ninja Turtlesy. Yeah. With like the foot. Yeah. And Jackie was just a guy who was just doing his job, but got his uh, his niece showed up one day, and he's like, "You gotta like be a parental figure to his your niece." Jade, right? Jade, Jade yeah. And then it works with his uncle. Yeah. Yeah. Uncle Chan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
And what I love about him as a character is that he's <laughs> he's literally and like it's just a, a good guy. Yep. <laughs> like everyone meets Jackie, like oh he's a good guy. It's like we need to kill Chad. <laughs> it's like, but he's just a sweet a sweet dude. He's just trying to save the world. Honestly, yeah, he, he just wants some artifacts in a museum safely where they belong. You know. Yeah, it feels like he also got thrust into this. Like he was yes. very, he's very much the sort of like. I'm just a regular guy just doing my job. And now I'm in this crazy adventure that I never asked to be a part of. Yeah. Do you, did he know about uncle's magic before the show started? I don't think so. I, Cause I remember everything being like such a surprise to him. Yeah. <laughs> I remember him always like, he always felt like sort of like both the hero, like Luke Skywalker and the Han Solo, like poking fun at like, this is ridiculous. This isn't going to happen. Kind of a character. That's a, actually a great way of describing that is, is the characterization of Jackie Chan. So what what do you guys think, though, is because I love the show. What do you mm-hmm. think is like the major strength that would say like, OK, here's why Jackie Chan, Jackie Chan Adventures is the ultimate fictional character, because it, 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 he does just share the name. Because unlike uh, Michael Jordan Space Jam, who's in season one of this show, this is actually just the same actor's name on the character but he's not supposed to actually also be the movie star not voiced by jackie chan it's not voiced by jackie chan <laughs> he's I not voiced su- i just assumed no, he, he's he's voiced by another asian american actor whose name i'm blanking on but um, so he just slapped his name on it yeah so so the cartoon <laughs> version of jackie chan is only loosely based on the actual jackie chan the cartoon version is much younger and grew up in america as opposed to china yeah san francisco i think right think so yeah so they made a guy that kind of looks like jackie chan as a cartoon basically used his name and made him really good at like martial arts but i mean he's yeah he's basically he's basically indiana jones meets jackie chan movies exactly yeah Yeah, Yeah. he's an he's an archaeologist but he also uh can fight incredibly well incredibly well but also has a lot of heart because I mean, he's he's never he's always there to defend uh, his uncle and his niece. And ultimately, like when thrust, anybody could walk away and say, I don't want to put my life on the line. I don't want to risk fighting in a battle for good versus evil. But he he jumps in and he is going he's here to defend us all. Yeah. Yeah. He also, you know, he's very good with Jade, if I remember, because I feel like i correctly remember jade being very much of a mischief mischievous yeah like i'm just gonna jump in and do stuff and he'd just be like no stop stop like she kind of because she was like the uh uh oh my god other her his goslin from darkwing duck okay like how goslin was the darkwing duck it's like jade to jackie jan yeah he's very much like you stay here kind of uh and then of course she doesn't stay there you know yeah that was sort of his whole life um, that being said, I don't know how much of a character arc he has. That's like the thing. Like going up against Chris Turk here is like, sure, Chris Turk doesn't have magical powers. Although yeah. the best thing they did on Scrubs, and I think this is this is a point in like his favor, is um, although these things didn't actually happen, the world of Scrubs allowed him to explore tons of fantastical worlds through the daydream sequences, which was that was Scrubs' whole thing. It's like jd or other characters would do they would like start daydreaming and then they would flash into that as if it was like a real thing that was happening all the time and he tackled many incredibly fantastical elements while doing that 
Um, which is I think Jackie's got you know, a real uh, Forrest Gump syndrome because you know he's another character that everything around him is really interesting. Yeah, uh, but he's kind of like you know he's just kind of like water. He just kind of flows with whatever. Yeah, and I think that's that's usually a hard thing for us to parse though until we actually try to dissect them because it's not like jade is actually the character there it's sort of just like it's the trio i feel like almost all three of them make a whole unit like that makes like one yeah they're the team yeah, yeah. but and then you add toru and toru is pretty great uh and oh, El Toro. Yeah. yeah i think like El toru is great he has a total 180 you know uh, so i feel like i know this is gonna sound i mean this is gonna sound real mean i think Toru has the better character arc <laughs> than Jackie Chan. I think, I think so Jackie Chan learns lessons throughout every episode, yeah. like Turk himself. But if you look at the series overall, he doesn't go through as many, like, he doesn't have a grandiose arc. Like yeah. Yeah. Toru. I totally and that's agree. Possibly, like, and that's tough because, like, villains, villains can lend themselves to having these very good arcs in which they can become good and they can fight with the good guys and like that kind of puts good guys at a disadvantage but at the same time your main character should also have a solid i even think well. uh the guy who's the leader of the dark hand who wears the green suit and whose name i'm blanking on has a more interesting characterization than jackie chan too you know he kind of like goes from this big old big time mob boss to like to like losing everything he's got like a bit of yeah. a commodore uh uh commodore uh from pirates of the caribbean um the commodore who's who was like the commodore and then he, like they stripped him of, of all this stuff yeah I, he's the, got a little bit of that going yeah. on which is interesting to me jane what's this, that's gonna drive me i, should I know can't that. remember but he's the leader of the the red coats <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's basically oh what they are it's basically what they are uh yeah, <laughs> I, I think we have a winner here, dude. I think we got a winner him in the face. Um, yeah, I just I I don't Norrington for... ah James Norrington. Okay, how can I forget? I love that character. Anyways, <laughs> see, we're not talking enough about Jackie. That's the that's the problem. That's the thing. We spent we spent more time talking about the villain of the series who has a really great arc, and then other villains that have very yeah. good arcs as yeah. well. But even then, I don't think those characters would really make it any farther than him in this because they're just so limited in scope and there's not a lot to discuss. And if there's not a lot to discuss, you can't really be the ultimate fictional character. You're a great fictional character because you got to mention here on the show, but you're not the ultimate fictional character. And that's what we're I looking mean, for. I mean, could Jackie Chan adventures, Jackie Chan take down Turk in a fight? Yes. Oh yeah. Probably. Oh yeah. But probably yeah. definitely. Yeah. But maybe not giant doctor, which is when JD stands on, Turk shoulders and they oh wear a giant God. lab coat and they have a giant pencil and a giant a, gi a giant cheat form thing they could hit him with that giant doctor might be able to take him down <laughs> well Jackie looks like you're out of here <laughs> Turk is going on to fight against Hermione Granger in the final round of season 3 division 2 episode 1 let's go uh, so I do think it would just it w we would be remiss to not at least mention the troubling <laughs> some of the troubling uh, statements coming from the creator of Hermione Granger. I don't think we need to talk about. We don't need that. to talk about, but I do because think it, I that do doesn't think it just needs that doesn't be... influence who Hermione is as a character. 
it, in my it, opinion. No, it doesn't. But I do think it just needs to be stated in the same way that, like, hey, Chris Stork's an incredible character. But just like, oh, I see. Yeah, just, yeah, it's just yeah. something that needs to be noted. Yeah, J.K. Rowling has said that she does see herself as Hermione yes. in the series and does have a very, like, she wrote thus kind of a character similar to herself in the series. So I agree. Like, yeah, I think both both of these characters need need uh, kind of social disclaimers for today. I, it was just like something that I felt like should be brought up. Uh, we shouldn't ex- imagine as if it doesn't exist, but we would also be ridiculous for us to not consider these characters, you know? It, she's totally. one of the most interesting and dynamic characters. Um, and so I actually came to Harry Potter late. So I didn't actually see them until I was in my 20s. No I saw way. the movies and then I read all the books. And then I saw the movies again after I read the books. So I didn't, I wasn't young when I saw these because they weren't like, like I feel like my, I was like, a, I'm a few years older than you guys. And so I was in like, high school when the first movie came out and it wasn't cool for kids my age necessarily unless you had been reading the books already gotcha wow yeah yeah so it's a different experience for me that being said i do really like them <laughs> yeah i think they're phenomenal yeah look we've got two fantastic characters going head to head one magical in the world of realism in that he is a doctor <laughs> to become a surgeon the other one magical in the sense of the magical realm of, of magic and mystery so i think it's scenario time so let's yeah. do some scenario we gotta just scenario it yeah okay okay who do you want babysitting your kids while you're out for the weekend um Hermione. no i'd pick turk because if something happened you have a doctor right there uh there's no magical items around <laughs> for them to get into which is a terrifying thought. That's very true. That uh, is very true. And also, like, uh, we, I'm just assuming we have to go with general, like, Hermione, not old epilogue Hermione. She's also a child, and they're not going to have fun because she's probably going to be strict. Yeah. Like, she, don't get me wrong. She's a rule breaker. She knows how to have f- fun with Harry and Ron. Uh, I mean, she'd be, like, 16 when she babysat. Yeah, but I feel like she would get in, she would, she would cause trouble. I think she no. I think the opposite. I think she's lawful good. She would make you follow those rules unless I'm with, I'm unless you Emily got on to her that. good side. Unless you got on her good side, and she was kind of like because she's very much like the rule stickler. She well, breaks yeah. some rules for herself. Yes, but but that's that's yeah. my point though is that she's such a stickler that like well I don't think my kids are necessarily going to have fun. Like I wouldn't. I liked. I there were babysitters I had that that were fun that I liked, and then there were babysitters that were not. And I wouldn't want to give my kid a lame babysitter. And if she wasn't following the rules, like my my bigger concern would be that there's magical items involved and or just don't get me wrong here. But does chaos not surround this girl? <laughs> like it, it, having any main character from Harry Potter nearby, it just feels it's like being an Avenger. You're just like welcoming <laughs> danger. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I can see. Do you know that, what I yes. mean? So just in the scenario where you have to have someone take care of kids, it's like, well, he has children of his own and he's a doctor. He's he's just probably going to play video games with them until they all fall asleep and eat any pizza pockets like that feels safe to me. OK, uh, who would you want to be your coworker at the movie theater? Probably Hermione, because I feel like if I'm working at a movie theater, I'm not going to really enjoy my job. But she's gonna work really hard, so I could probably slack off a little bit. I would say I, I, it's interesting because I would go with Turk because 
I wouldn't. I would probably hate my job at the movie theater, and we'd have a good time. Oh, that's fair. That's true. Yeah, that's true. I'm kind that. of in the Turk train on this one too. He'd be. Know? He'd be the guy. I'd be like, <laughs> yo, man, like. Yo, let's take the let's like let's like no one's here. Like, let's take the slushy machine and fill up uh, a cup of slushy and M and M's and let's try it out. You know, like weird stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. that's fair. You would have a good time. <laughs> yeah. Um, this actually brings up a really good point. Before I think, I think let's could, could we compare some of their achievements? Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. So Hermione Granger. Now here's a question: Is it cheating using the time turner? Because I say it's an achievement to wield the power of time, but it also gives her a bit of an edge. I think it's I think it's an achievement because not only can she be trusted with it, she uses it almost like she she doesn't use it selfishly as in like, I'm going to take advantage of people. She just she uses it selflessly for herself. But then when her in her friend's greatest time of need, she uses it. But also they make sure to to abide by the laws of time. Yeah, you're right. She's, She's pretty responsible about it. it. She's like, yeah. She's responsible chose wisely. I mean, if you gave that thing to Harry, Harry would probably F it up. If yeah. you gave it to Ron, Ron would probably mess up. Oh, Anybody, yeah. even Neville. Ron even would forget Luna. how many times to turn it, and then suddenly he'd be back way too far. Ron would start <laughs> seeing himself, talking to himself, uh-huh. messing up the whole time stream. Oh, yeah. The time stream would be a lot of trouble if Ron got a hold of that thing. <laughs> he'd be like, well, how far back can I go? And how can I use this to make money and not go to school? <laughs> Um, so that's definitely an achievement. I'm going to have to give you achievement, Chris Turks, which is not just, uh, being the chief of surgery and everything, but, um, I'm going to suggest that Christopher Turk overcame some insurmountable odds after he loses one of his testicles. <laughs> I it, was it like a cancer surgery? Was that like no, a cancer he, surgery? His daughter uh, hit him really hard in the junk, and he got testicular torsion, and he, <laughs> then he had to. Oh no! Oh god, that sounds like a, that's that's uh. It's it that's it's really like so it's it's hard like if we're gonna and I just wanted to bring him up because also Hermione is just she's done so much with the Horcruxes and so many things that she's researched and solved, and so like there's definitely like if we're gonna be throwing any points out towards people. Um, Chris Turk is clearly, as we've gone over from a quick few scenarios, the more fun person to have around, but she also has accomplished more because that's sort of her journey is like a journey of like hard work and determination and then results, right? Like yeah. her whole, that's like her whole thing. Um, like the Horcruxes solving like riddles and covering puzzles and clues like that's none of that would have been able to happen without her brain, which is like sort of like. Magic wasn't her power, it was her mind, kind of a thing. Yeah. So I think that's that's like a big point in Hermione's favor. I would I think she's such a great person, man. Yeah. Uh she is the only person to realize that the treatment of elves is pretty pretty yes. messed up. Yeah. Hey, the that only slavery person. is bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The and she's the person. only one who's like, like, we need to liberate these freaking elves, you know? Yeah. Something I wish they had done with the droids. Star Wars. Oh, that would have been sick. Yeah. That would have been sick. Yeah. I feel so like, like that like that she, is something that I'm glad you brought that up because that's a big part of her story. Yeah. It's it's and it, it's you know, it's interesting cuz like uh, like it, it's crazy that she's the only one who thinks it, but it also kind of makes sense. If you're brought into something like that and like it's the normal and no one's like it, it takes someone to step up to say something to to start like addressing that, "Oh, this is wrong." You know what I mean? Because otherwise, you don't even th- think uh, think about it, unless someone brings it up to you. 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Is that yeah. crazy? Does that make sense? I hear that, but I feel like I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go back to Turk on this one for a sec because okay. I feel like Turk Hermione overcomes. Yeah, she brings to light these very very important magical world issues, hands down, no doubt. And she does overcome some really really crazy big stuff. But I think Turk goes through like. And she stands for what's right. And I think Turk stands for what's right, too. Yes, he does. And he goes through much more kind of like Snoopy. I'm kind of going back to like a Snoopy conversation here. Uh, He very much goes through like the everyday hurdles of life that we know. And he he beats those and and, and learns from those and becomes a better human where I think a lot of us want to be like Hermione. She's an activist. She's super smart. She's powerful. She's brilliant. But she also does exist within this fantasy space where Turk is almost in a very much a real life situation, dealing with real life issues, learning, overcoming, becoming the best person he can be. Yeah, I it's hear tough. that, but it's I don't tough. I don't think that because someone is doing a real things and someone's doing fantasy that that discredits the person in a fantasy world. No, I don't I don't think no, it does yeah, either. No. But it does. I think there's so. I guess here's what uh, I would take away from what Emily's saying, and it is a feeling I had. Um, Hermione's stories are generally, like, they they all require some sort of great escalation. Like, it has to deal with, like, slavery, or it has to deal with stopping this unstoppable evil, or solving this, like, uh, generations-long magical riddle for the most powerful, like, trio of... Like, all of the things that she does require, like, great fantasy elements um but actually a lot of her like flaws come in when it's like time for her to like live in like normal life yeah like a lot of the books explore the life at school you know like the big stuff is like in there of of the major plots but uh and you get like little pieces of it but then it shows them like going through the seasons of school and like going to the ball or finding talking about crushes and you know, and and feeling pain and 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 being picked on and hiding in a bathroom. Well, yeah, uh, because you're different. Like that's true, but I guess my point is that she doesn't overcome most of those things without the big, fantastical like escalation of events. I don't think that's true about Hermione, though, man. I don't think that like her. I don't think that her story ever resolves in a big in a major plot point. It's all resolved in like the sub stuff. And the stuff that is minor, it's and the stuff that is everyday life. I feel like with Chris Turk, like when he has problems that he has to overcome on the show, they're they're solved in a way that I feel like is usually not shown in like usually like a harder, more sincere way. I mean, there's so there's a whole season long arc where his wife has postpartum depression, and they have to go through that whole thing on the show about what that's like dealing with, like you know she's a nurse he's a doctor like they shouldn't have these issues but it's just like that means nothing in the face of of life like life just throws stuff at you and you have to figure out how to like get through it and like have these talks and like you know he and his wife have problems at one point or another and like there's it's it's so easy usually i feel like in a sitcom to make all the characters by the end of the episode go back to normal and that's like not what happens on that show I think every year they they have definitely have changed a little bit from their experiences in the previous year. They they literally carry with them the weight of what's happened in the last year into the next book. Like if you I end, mean, yeah, they're the they're the only group that is like, hey, Voldemort's coming back, and well, everybody yeah. else wants to deny it. Everybody else yes. doesn't want to believe them. 
and they take it on themselves to keep getting better, to train, become Dumbledore's, Dumbledore's army, protect Harry, work with Harry, make sure that Harry's safe because he's their friend. Dude, this like is they so carry, hard. They carried that stuff into summer. Like, if you I, have you read, did you say you read the books, Chris? I'm not talking about how they're growing and carrying the events, the big events. I'm talking about their character personalities. She's still in every single one. Like when they get to the next movie, she's still the hot-headed person. She's still the book smart person. She's like there isn't really a change in her tool set. Her tool set, generally speaking, remains the same until like the whole thing is resolved. To me, like when I see it, it's like yeah, that makes sense to me because they're they're basically high schoolers. And in high school, you have your cliques. You like you acted a certain way when you're with those cliques. So to me, the portrayal makes sense like that. They would act the same way. I mean, that's fair. It is, it is written for children. So that is the difference, I guess. I guess that's, that's a good point because I'm kind of judging them differently because of the fact that. Yeah, I and mean, Turk's a grown man. Yes, exactly. And his, is more about going from early adulthood into being a mature adult and being a father. Like he goes from being basically someone who is like a very young adult, you know, like basically like 21 into being like 30 like there's you know there's like a big leap in how you grow between those mm-hmm. characters but there's i think different expectations and how you're able to approach things i guess as an adult versus as a kid so that's 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 true i might not be uh, i'm not considering them evenly in that way and something i do want to bring up is you know like we can like look what's the stuff jk is saying is weird i don't think that I think the the experiences and the journeys that people did have reading that and are still reading it today, they feel something. Like I, totally. I heard Katie talk to me about how Hermione kind of made like was a character that she looked up to, and I think that's something that is irreplaceable. Uh, especially when we're, there's kind of like a lack of these kind of stronger female characters. I think Hermione serves this kind of purpose, uh, you know, in in that front. That that you could just as easily say th- same thing about Chris Turk and about how there have been so few black characters who are competent successful smart and don't fall into the same tropes that they always do as well as being a great role model for non-romantic male relationships and for being a sensitive male as opposed to being like a stupid tough guy bro which like that was sort of like the groundbreaking thing that scrubs did there there's like very few examples of anything like their relationship on that show before that emily we got we got two really great characters here. Yes, we do. Like I said, Chris Turk was going to be the dark horse here. Because I'll tell you right now, Hermione, I think, is my favorite character from the Harry Potter franchise. It's so, not, uh, it's not, it's not, um, uh, Quarrel, Professor Quarrel. Ugh. I always liked, I always liked fake, actually, I always really liked fake Mad-Eye Moody. Oh, which yeah. Is Barty Crouch Jr. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, Barty yeah, Crouch man. Jr. and Mad-Eye Moody was always, A, way better than real Mad-Eye, but he was like, he was the, like, he was the influence you kind of needed Harry to have. Like you needed someone to just be like, no, here's, here's the stuff. I'm just going to show you the stuff. We're going to stop screwing around. And then I was, I was devastated when it wasn't actually mad. I moody. I was so sad. I was like, no, he was so good. He was the best teacher. It was the first good defense of the dark arts teacher they've ever had. I love them both so much. This is hard. I don't like this. I mean, I love this podcast, <laughs> but like making this choice is really tough because I think they both do such, they are both such great characters. They both go through such great changes. They both have such great impacts, not only in their own stories, but also to the cultural, to the cultural world around them. 
it, it traditionally before before we had three people on this podcast, we we had to come to a, a we did a we unanimous did have to come decision. To a yeah. So it's, don't think of it as like but a see, tiebreaker. This one's tougher because you haven't seen Scrubs. So like I typically wouldn't argue seen, in favor. Right. Yeah. Well, no, but I mean for Matt, like it's oh, it's yeah. easier, Matt, for you to just side with Hermione because you don't really know the other character, um, which makes it more difficult because now I have to feel like I have to argue in favor of him more. Uh, which is making me want to side with him more. Like it's possible that I could have sided with Hermione more, but because I kind of have the majority of the knowledge for Chris Turk, I sort of have to do that part of the legwork here. Um, which, uh, okay, what is what is the greatest fictional character? Well, that's... let's break let's break that down first yeah. and see who qualifies to that. Okay. Well, I, if real if, quick, if I know this is going the, long. So the two best examples we have so far are the first two season winners, which okay. both won for very different reasons. Doctor Who won because of I'd what, what would you say like Doctor Who's d- dynamism because there's just yeah. so much the character, and although they're yeah. like incredibly versatile, they're also very relatable. So it doesn't necessarily feel cheap, and there's like mm-hmm. losses and stakes, even though. There's He's still always a thousand years old, you know. Yeah, there's always more. It, it's this sort of like this character has sustained through so many generations that there's just so much there. Um, and then the second character that won was Anakin Skywalker, and that had more to do with like introspection, and it was about more of like who is this character, like what kind of like uh, internal struggle do they have, and like we realized like Anakin Skywalker's whole journey was about like trying to decide who they were, and it was. Like, it was always, like, all of, every time he got something wrong, whether it was with the Jedi or the Sith, it was always, like, because he was listening to someone else and not listening to himself, and then he finally listened to himself in the end, and that was sort of where his journey led him. So, literally, that's what's great about it, is that literally anyone could be the ultimate fictional character. Yeah. For various reasons. Yeah, because they, they won for two very different reasons, I would say, yeah. those characters. There is no wrong answer. I yeah. think I've, I think I've, I've made my choice. Okay, let's, who do you, who do you think it is? I think just because there are a lot of coming of age stories, and while yes, those are important, and Hermione is an amazing female icon, especially to a lot of women in our generation, growing up with her, seeing the strong female character in this kind of man's world, magical world, book world, she dominates. But I don't know how often we see such great personal growth from an. I think I think coming of age novels. Yes, those are those are for made for a reason, especially for young adults. However, as adults, I don't think we see as much media that's like, how do you become a better adult you in the way that Turk shows us in, in Scrubs through going through a bunch of different things, relationships, marriage, you name it. He, he encounters a spectrum of, of obstacles of, of just being an adult, like not just like coming of age from like teenager to adult and like finding yourself finding your voice becoming and fitting into those shoes of that person but like hey you're you're already an adult how do you become better and turk shows us that we can always choose we can always improve we can always become our better selves and that even when things are tough we can always push on and there's going to be a brighter tomorrow as an adult and as an adult that is kind of what Emily is resonating with right now as much as I love Hermione and I grew up reading those books and like Gobble to Fire is my jam I love you like in Prisoner of Azkaban favorite movie I love you like for me it's what makes Turk that ultimate fictional character is how special that is 
and how he he isn't necessarily the lead of that show yet he gets this very very he gets to go through all these things and yeah he ultimately becomes the head surgeon the he achieves all so much so that's i'm picking turk I got to tell you, when you said the first thing about Hermione, I thought I didn't know there was about to be a but. And I was just like, you know what? I was like, I'm more than happy with this right now. And then, and then you went, but. And then you said even more good stuff. Um, Matt, how are your feelings on this based on what? I don't know. I don't, I, yeah, I, don't know the I haven't seen the show. So yeah. I, I can't I can't be mad. I don't I have no sure. idea. That's fair. That's fair. I, I think I think this person's got to be really great to beat Hermione Granger. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's true. But also, I will say, I will say, and I think this is something we're, we've seen in many of these uh, matches, which is some characters who only exist in like what is essentially like wartime. Like Hermione is like really nice and hardworking and stuff, but she doesn't have like a lot of the cool and fun factor and things like that. And like I wonder, like when we have to, you know, if the next conversation they go up against, and now we have to get into like the more like silly weird things, we're like trying to pick them apart. I don't know that she would do as well in those because it's just going to come back to like, well, like her major achievements. And there might be more for us to discuss with Turk. You might have to watch some scrubs before that. <laughs> like, I watch scrubs. <laughs> it's really good. I promise you. I promise you. Um, I'm, I'm also going to go with Turk based on what Emily said. I was just going to, I was just going to vote with whatever Emily ended up picking there at that point. Uh, this is so tough. This is even tougher than Luffy versus Neville Longbottom. Emily is just here to stab my <laughs> heart every time. Emily's no, here to stab my heart. Turn the I dagger can't. I can't every tell single you time, how Emily. Bad I feel right now. Oh my god. I feel god. so bad. I love you so much. You're like it's one okay. of my best friends. You know, I'm friends are meant to pick on you. You only make fun of the people you love, so uh, I get it. Dude. I'm not making fun of you. It's all good. It's all good. I don't know how we keep taking opposite sides. But... <laughs> I don't know either. Well, that's no. Track, you guys though. united to kill off my little foot. So, yeah, oh, is this? Is this <laughs> that is true. I, I, I will tell you. We we brought the Snoopy snack smack down on that one. If it was a one man show, I can tell you right now, little foot would have moved on. But but Snoopy is now Snoopy is now in the final four. So that's just how the show works sometimes. Well, Chris Turk looks like he got his wand out first, and Expelliarmus Hermione Granger's wand out of her hand, and has claimed victory. Yeah, he's, he certainly lanced her off this board. Came in with a scalpel. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> someone called the, someone called the burn unit. <laughs> hey. Uh, Chris Turk, it's moving on to the next round. And speaking of the next Dang, round. I need to watch this show. Uh, I, you really should. You would love Chris, it. Chris, if this um, show sucks, I'm going to be so mad at you. It won't. I'm gonna be so, it won't. I, know, I know it won't, it's but if really it does... Good. I'm coming I'm for you, Chris. I think I want to rewatch it right now with the podcast because I think it, that will add a bunch of fun stuff to it. Yeah, I think so as well. Um, it's it's uh, it's really funny because um, my girlfriend listens to the P. Holmes podcast and they actually had Zach Braff on like right before the new his Zach Braff's new podcast came on, and they had someone who wrote in and was just like he or he had like told Jay, uh, Zach Braff about how like he thanked him so much for like having characters who's like oh you were the first person I ever saw on a TV show like you and Turk that was like, Oh, it's okay for me to be sensitive and to like cry and to like, feel like I don't have to be like this tough manly guy. And like Turk, Matt, you will love Turk. If anything, like Matt, you're a bit like Turk. You, you've got a bit of a Chris, like, you know, the, the oh, me in real what? life, me in animated. Yeah. He's, he's a total goofball, but he works his butt off. He works oh, really man. hard. 
Um, you know, now, now I'm gonna love this show now, dude. You will. Oh my god. You will. <laughs> if you're a daydreamer, if you like, 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 you're gonna love it. Uh, it's on Hulu. Is it Hulu? Yeah, I think so. I think it's Sweet. on Hulu. Um, well, I gotta watch a new show. Speaking I gotta of watch a new show. New shows and new characters. Does anyone have characters they want to add to the bucket? I personally want to add two ah. this week. Yeah. I just recently finished watching all of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, so I want to add uh, Philip Banks, Uncle Phil, into the bucket. Uh, I went back and forth on whether I should do Will or Phil, and I I, I really like Uncle Phil's arc. I think uh, the most from the show, oh, so I'm going to go with so Uncle good. Phil. And Solid I also choice. have just started in the last week and a half Steven Universe, and I'm on the fourth season now. And this is one of the best shows that I've ever watched. And uh, I'm going to add Steven. I was going to add Garnet because I love Garnet. I think Garnet's my other favorite character, but I want to add Steven to the bucket, which is also animated, Matt. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, what? Dang. Uh, uh, that's a good choice. I mean, I think anyone from Steven Universe would be a good contender. Talk about a show with like with depth. Oh my god, and heart and loss. Ooh. Um, Emily, do you want to add anyone? I had one, and I I, I had a I, I just drew a blank. It's hard. It's hard because I want to add somebody from Steven Universe too, but I don't know if you that's can. overloading. No, it. no, we can at least absolutely have two in here. Great, at a time. I'm adding Garnet because she's my favorite. <laughs> I I go back. I'm going back and forth with them all the time, so I'm glad you are. Those are my two favorite people. I can't decide Garnet, who I like better. Hands down, Garnet. So that's great. I wouldn't. I wouldn't both ways there. <laughs> okay. Um, I think I want to put in. This is what I want to put in from. A little anime that that I think Emily has definitely seen. Uh, I want to add Haruhi Fuji- Fujioka from uh, uh, Oran High School Host Club. Oh dang! What yes. is this? Haruhi, yes, yes, yes. This character is great. Um, the she, bomb. yeah, she, she, she it looks dresses so frumpy in the first day of this uh of this of the school and and breaks like this really expensive piece of china uh and this boys club this like anime boys club like you know they're like gentlemen club um and they said that in order for to this person who they think is a guy to work it off that he that he needs to uh work in the host club uh and they find out that it's a girl and she and that she comes from this and has this really great backstory and it, it's very emotional and she's just a great great character Great, great character. So I think we should it's add part of the reverse harem anime, which I love. It is a reverse harem anime. It's it's great. Oh it's man, great. yeah. Um. Well, so next week, and if you, by the way, if you want to put a name in the bucket, leave us a review. We got oh yeah, great... we got to add or we got to announce who our hundredth added was because uh, we challenged that last week and or last time. That was from Sneaky Bear. So again, thank you very much, Sneaky Bear, for adding in. Uh, what was it? It was um. Jareth. Jareth, Jareth the Goblin the King. Goblin King. That was a very mm. good ad by Sneaky Bear. A, so thank you once that's again. Fantastic ad, thank you. That's very my man crush. That's my man moment. crush right there. Um, yeah. So I have <laughs> next week's four here. We have a weird. We have a very fun weird one. So be excited because I love the weird episodes. Uh, next week we have Elastigirl from The Incredibles. Oh sweet! I should write this nice. down. Going up against the very sticky, the very icky, Mister Mucus from the Mucinex commercials. <laughs> oh God. Interesting. What? Yep. Uh, and <laughs> the second match is going to be Ed from Cowboy Bebop, my favorite character on that show. Uh, absolutely love Ed. Yes. And Ed is going to be going up against Matt Hooper from Jaws, which is pretty oh, wow. awesome. 
Wow. Um, okay. Richard Dreyfuss' character from uh, Jaws. So that we should get a guest cool. for this one. I have a guest Weird in mind. Episode. I think would be great for this. Okay. If you have a guest, that would be great for it. Then, and we can make it work. Then let's bring them on. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening again. Count uh, them out, Matt. Where can the people find you, guys? You can find me at the Matt Acevedo. Uh, and if you're listening to this this week, um, this Friday, you can see me. So, excuse me, this Saturday, um, you can see me hosting the Funimation Convention, um, Funimation Con online on Funimation's website. Um, and you can register for that now. It is free. Um, I'll be I'll be doing things in, be- in between segments as well as hosting. I'll be moderating the Fire Force panel with the cast of Fire Force. Um, so make sure to tune in to that and catch the first couple episodes um, aired on stream. So come uh, come check it out, Emily. You can catch me at frankly underscore Emily on Twitter. That's where I share all of my thoughts and my articles from Geek Girl Authority, in addition to episodes of the Hit Points podcast, which Matt and I are both on. It's a video games podcast with Naeem Stewart. And also Mass Effect Adventum, which is another podcast I'm on with Matt Acevedo. Yeah. Uh, is a Mass Effect tabletop RPG podcast. Uh, and we've got a really, really fun season two coming up real soon. So if you haven't listened yet, I highly recommend you catch up real soon. That's and right. I'm at Christian underscore Humes and all the information that you just heard about in the show notes, you can just get to our links to our names for Twitter and everything. Get to our socials right there. And until next time, we'll see you in the ring. Beep, 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 beep.